Oh, baby. It's Friday night. That can only be one thing. That means everyone listening right now has it locked in to the Full Tilt Podcast Network. This is the Fantasy Walkabout. This is episode 182 already of the Full Tilt Podcast Network. Kind of wild. To think about, we're down one Aussie, but we've gained one John. Um, and I'll I'll take that trade, uh, especially in the clutch. He's coming in, uh, helping us out. If you're new to the program, guess what? We got a couple of things for you. We're gonna do our budgie smugglers. We've got my almost hot take of the week. Uh, we've got quite a few things, and the most important thing is what I can only imagine is going to be a very interesting trade deadline discussion. Anyone who doesn't know, John and I rarely agree on anything. Have we agreed on something? I think we've agreed on a couple of things at one point or another. And How drunk was I? <laughs> very. Uh, to the point where happy hour, shout out to the happy hour crew, but uh, you don't always remember your quotes, so I, I have not. to... I have to remind you of them. That's about the only time you can agree. But I, of course, are your host with the most ominous hands. I am Thomas Tipple FF. Joining me, as always, is uh, Lucas Gilbert. That's at the Cute Hurts, and from the Full Tilt Devi Pod, on also on the Full Tilt Podcast Network. It is John Arrington at Dynasty Coach A. We've already had some phenomenal folks in the chat. Oh, Andy Starr is here. Can't wait That's to my talk. Co-host. Hey. That's right. <laughs> Another co-host of the Full Tilt Debbie. Can't wait to talk about Cortland Sutton, Andy. Uh, and we've also had TD here in the preview. Look, if you're listening to this in the podcast version, uh, look, you're not going to want to miss out on the bonus on the walkabout and on the full tilt. We do an extra five to ten minutes or so. Sometimes we're just talking shit. Sometimes we are talking strategy. I mean, we got a really good trade-based strategy situation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago with Jacob and I, it's just a great time. A little bit of bonus. They're going to head over the full tilt podcast network on YouTube. Get all that. Hit that sub, hit the naughty button. That's enough ad talk. Uh, How did that. Andy know that that's that, that we were talking about that? Cause he sensed it. He sensed it. He for sure sensed it. Yeah. Dude, that's why he's in the chat right now. He, he got this fighty sense and he's like, I got to get there. You know, oh, when y'all talk about Jerry Judy, I magically happened to appear. It's on true. The show. You've done it like three times. Yeah, you did it three <laughs> times this year. It's just absolutely. It was phenomenal. three shows in a row too. Yeah, but then we talk about Cortland Sutton. Andy Starr decides to show up out of nowhere. Whenever we start talking about Quinn Ewers on the Devi show, Tom's going to pop out of nowhere and be yeah, like, I'm "Hold like, on, imagine, watch it." Just imagine, like immediately shitting on a guy because he had a couple of rough weeks. Like, I mean, I just the look. We talk about being uh, uh, non-reactionary as people, but yet, oh, Quinn Ewers. He's fucking second round pick now. <laughs> uh, shenanigans. Just unbelievable. Relax. Breathe. <sighs> it's going to be okay. Uh, but look, as I said, we've got we've got a couple of things. So obviously there's 672,421 fantasy football news outlets, podcasts, twi- Twitters for now until it dies, and YouTube channels, articles, blogs, blip, blurps, TikToks, everything. Uh, you don't need the news from us, all right? We're not we're not going to break the news to you. However, I do like to ask if there's one thing that happened this week that really stands out that you guys don't think has been beaten to death uh, like a dead horse. So, news, anything that stands out to either one of you, go. Not really. I mean, obviously, the bye weeks this week suck. <laughs> That's all I know. Like, we were talking about it a little bit earlier and uh, just setting some of my lineups. I'm like picking up guys 
you know, just off the streets basically and throwing them into some of these flex spots because it is bad. Yeah, I'm starting Andy Dalton in way too many leagues, and I do not <laughs> feel good about it at all. I, but luckily, I still have Dante Foreman. He's he's saving my RB season right now. So, oh my god, it makes me so happy. Dante Foreman just makes me incredibly happy. Um, also love that they're calling him like what Baby Henry now. I just think that that's there's something phenomenal about. He's gonna get absolutely shit kicked this week, but I mean, whatever. It's gonna be for a good cause for me anyway. Yeah, but it's two years in a row that. He went from basically nothing to like, I don't want to say a league winner, but you know, like good enough to get you into the playoffs, keep you afloat, that kind of thing. And oh, that yeah. is very valuable. I he's went got, from last him, place to mediocre, so I'm taking he's it. Got, he's got two rough weeks <laughs> that I don't want to play him, right? Baltimore and Denver, don't want to play him. Then a bye, so you can't play him. But then Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit, weeks 14, 15, and 16. Lock it in. You play yeah, him on those weeks. Absolutely lock it in. Um, but that's that's about it for the news. I don't really need to know anything else other than that. Other than the fact that you mentioned Andy Dalton, I find it interesting that there's rumblings and people wondering why Jameis Winston's not playing. Like, you think it's so weird that they're just set on sticking with Andy Dalton just to ruin Chris Olave's season. It's infuriating. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but I mean, they both suck. Like, it's not like I, I feel like people people are like, oh well, you know, Andy Dalton sucks. We got to get Jameis in here. Then they put Jameis in for a week, and they're like, oh shit, we got to get Dalton back in here. <laughs> you know? Wait, you a know did you all just agree on a quarterback take? Oh yeah, oh, damn it. I think it's the first obvious. time. No, that I'm one's out. obvious. That one's yeah, obvious. That one. That wait, one's too easy. No, you got to take the wait, small wins. Wait, wait. Wouldn't Jameis Winston technically be a hit? Because he had one top twelve season, oh. wouldn't that count as a hit within your whoopty doopty mythological somewhere out there in another universe format? You drafted. I don't remember. I don't remember what he did in his rookie year. Not it was not a hit in his rookie year. It was yeah. Not so he yeah, he wasn't a true not hit. A hit then. He wasn't a true hit. Wait, you have to hit in the rookie? I can no, no. I guess not. I, wild. I'd say within by the second year. To be a hit, you gotta you gotta hit by the second year. Interesting. I don't remember what year it was a thirty for thirty year, but I think that, was, like his, one, that was his third year. Maybe two that, point per actually, game. I, actually, I think that was his fourth year because he was cut after the thirty for thirty year. <laughs> like his his best year in fantasy was the year that the Bucks were like, "All right, we're done with you," because he threw fucking thirty interceptions. Oh, he was really bad, but now now I gotta check. I don't know why this That's his fourth year. Yeah. Because yeah, they did uh, resign him on his rookie year contract. It looks yeah. like we also have a question in our comments. Yeah, here. I saw I saw Maddie B's. Give me one second. Now I got to go there just because I need to. I'm on a mission now to prove John's thing is false. Uh, let's see. Oh no, he wasn't. He wasn't a QB one until 2018. Okay, there you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Then so, he did no, he, he is not a hit. He's not a hit. All right. I'm just gonna keep bringing it up now every time. Uh, <laughs> every single almost, player my almost hot take win now team that should still be very good next year but you just need 24 first and second for Ramondre and Ayuk. i would yeah i yeah. think i'm leaning towards I, that i traded a, a 24 first straight up for stevenson not that long ago so i think yeah, at, i mean if, if you were sweet if there was any 23 picks in here i'd, I'd probably be out but 24 picks as much as like i i'm I like the class. It's very top heavy. So I'm not saying just like throw away your 24 picks, but if you feel like this is going to be the difference, then I'm, I'm all for it. I feel like you can get those 24 picks back. Like, I feel like right. you can get it back. You and get plenty of time. Plenty of time. That's, that's going to be a big theme uh, throughout this episode. 
I, I imagine. Anyway, look, uh, we're going to get on to the Budgie Smuggler of the Week. However, something I like to do is, um, you know, make an almost hot take of the week. And it kind of ties into Tom Lee's Budgie Smuggler, which I will read because he's not here. So John just gets to sit here and look pretty. Uh, he doesn't read show sheets. Anyway. Yeah, he, he doesn't read show sheets anyway. But uh, <laughs> look, true. my... My first almost hot take was that Isaiah likely was going to finish as a top 10 tight end. I believe he was, he was uh, number nine, I believe in that week. So I'll take it. If it was top three, then I failed miserably, but that's why it's an almost hot take. Uh, My hot take this week is that Kendall Hinton will finish as a wide receiver three. Now you might think, why is that hot takey? Cause he's, he's scored like nine points one time ever, but Vegas funnels targets inside and Jerry Judy's already been ruled out. He's already done. So, and Hinton, Hamler too. Yeah, and Ham. Oof, oh man, Hamler is so depressing. Uh, he's so he he does not want to be anywhere near Russ. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Kendall Hinton. I'm actually putting him in more lineups than I want to admit. It's really depressing. I, I get it. Like it, it's hot because he's not good. But mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a wide receiver three is not hot enough. I mean, that's that's like, why it's an almost hot take, John. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's a good point. Hot that take a good the point. week. All right. See, folks, what we did there is we introduced John to the bit, <laughs> and he walked right in. I did. I, I did. But you know, you know not in my league. Means not in my league, dude. That's what means it works. All right. That means the bit works, and I love that. We're gonna it take does. a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna do our budgie smugglers and get right into the rest of the epi. Sit tight. I think mine is really dumb. Now we love it. Uh, We're taking us in very so, different directions. I look forward to a third different direction here. It's, it's I'm not going to be able to get through this, and this is going <laughs> to derail the show. Uh, I think all of derail. these guys, it railed? <laughs> I think all three of oh, these whoa. players, I think all three of these players are are washed like a hamburger that was cooked in the dryer. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I love that. So, all right. (laughs) I think I, I think I derailed Tom a little bit too much on that. So my, my argument with. (laughs) There are a few people that I think are smarter than Billy on this entire planet. And that was the best analogy I've ever heard in my life. That's why I played it multiple shows in a row here. It's, it's so fucking good and they are washed, but. Aaron Rodgers decided he was going to go out and have a couple 20 point games. I like their dynasty value is still washed, but leave it, leave it to us to say something. And then all of a sudden they go and they come back. Look, budgie smugglers are they're for peak performance, right? They're not for the everyday person. They should be that confidence can come just by putting a budgie smuggler on. You just have to be brave enough to do it. So every week we like to pick a couple of players that are walking around with a little bit of extra confidence because they got their budgies on. They're packing full heat. Doesn't matter if it's hot, cold, doesn't matter. Tan, not tanned, wax, not wax, doesn't matter. The budgie is Hammer. out. Budgies are out. Confidence is up, and they are strutting into whatever stadium they need to to let everyone see the glory that is their budgie smugglers. I swear to God, you guys need to sponsor this fucking program. Please reply to an email. I have sent way too many to get a budgie smuggler sponsorship. The world needs to see Tom Lee 
and a full tilt budgie. All right. And I swear he'll do it. If what if, would it take if, to get you in a full tilt budgie? Me? Yes. If I need to know. Me back, if they email me back, I would have that budgie on in no time. I was a, I am a retired professional wrestler. Do you Clip think it. it would bother me at all to walk <laughs> around in a speedo? I did it in front of rooms full of people. All right. Does not bother me at all. I rolled around with sweaty men for money. All right. That's basically what professional wrestling what, is. But what about when you're wrestling? Yeah. Well, <laughs> John just tapped into my other, other, other career. Uh, my only fans page is being brought up in discussion now. And I don't know how I feel about it. But I think we uh, fund the show. Oh God. Hey, if we only got funding for the show that, you know, didn't came out of a, an account that wasn't my bank account. Uh, look, every week we all like to pick a player that we think is walking into the week with some extra confidence. Since Tom Lee is not here, I will read off Tom Lee's first. Then we'll get Lucas's. We'll finish up with mine. Well, John looks pretty and uh, comments. Cause you know, that's what he does this week. Tom Lee thinks Cortland Sutton is walking through the door with an extra boat of confidence. Uh, Raiders matchup uh, made me want to lean on Russ, but I don't trust the whole offense and staff. I do trust Sutton's volume in the absence of Judy. And if you can get that glorious touchdown, he's a top 24 wide receiver for me this week. We all know how much the Raiders are giving up to quarterbacks. The same can be said for their secondaries and wide receivers. Cortland Sutton with Jerry Judy and uh, Hamler being out is Tom Lee's locked in budgie smuggler. Of the week, Lucas, your budgie. Oh gosh, I think we should almost rename this segment into the "We Pick on the Las Vegas Raiders" pick I mean, of the week, because that's essentially yeah. what we've been doing. But to keep the theme going, you know, some days you just feel like you don't got it. It's true. You look in the mirror, you go, "Gosh, what happened to me?" You pathetic piece of shit. Wait, but people you know, do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that, Mr. John Arrington. <laughs> but, you know, there are some days you look in the mirror and you go, you know what? You best believe I still got this. And just like Taylor Swift, Russell Wilson is still bejeweled and he can make the whole place shimmer. If you haven't listened, go listen to T-Swizzle. It's awesome. Ignore all the Ticketmaster stuff. But Russell Wilson is walking around in a bejeweled budgie smuggler a this bejeweled week. Bejeweled. Bejeweled. All right. That too. Listen to the song. You can dance to it. You know, you can shimmer. It's all good. All right. It's all fun. But he is going to be walking around strutting his stuff in his bejeweled budgie smuggler because the Las Vegas Raiders are 32nd in quarterback fantasy points. All right. I believe, Tom, you just, you just did your, uh, too long dead read for the chart porn article on Twitter, right? Yep, absolutely. Do you remember how much more fantasy points the Raiders are allowing to quarterbacks above replacement? I believe it is 6.7 or 6.3 fantasy points above uh, mm-hmm. above expected. And it's two whole points higher than the next closest team. It's pretty because bad. The Raiders are hot garbage. <laughs> Get ready for Russell Wilson to finally get back on track to look like his old self. And man, he's going to shimmer. He's going to shimmer for you. Uh, Russell I need Wilson. it. I need okay, it. I'm going to have to go into Photoshop and now put him in a bedazzled budgie smuggler. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's going to that's gonna be, I think, the, uh, 
the picture for this episode because I think that's fucking that's, hilarious. That's wonderful. That'd be so good. Look, I like to keep mine simple. <sighs> Minimal analogies, but look, sometimes in a man's life or anyone's life, really, you think things are going just fine. And then all of a sudden, whoop, 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 your knee gets blown out. It's gone. Your knee is, it's just toast. And everyone leaves you on the corner for dead. And then your team goes out and trades for an absolutely elite running back like Christian McCaffrey. Well, this is the story of Elijah Mitchell, who's been injured, had been injured, lost his job. I mean, they, they went out there and they took his job. And guess what? Bye week came and went. Didn't matter. Elijah Mitchell is my budgie smuggler this week. That man is rolling through with confidence like none other. His cojones, not only intact, but they have grown in size. He has needed a size up on his budgie. The Cardinals are the least efficient defense against running backs, uh, giving up a league high 119% receiving fantasy points over expected. That's going to be great for Christian McCaffrey. Phenomenal. He could go nuclear in the passing game. However, I believe the Cardinals are going to get absolutely bounced in this game. Mitchell outtouched and outgained Christian McCaffrey in his first game back off the bye. He posted an 87.3 rushing grade on PFF last week. Most importantly, he outtouched Christian McCaffrey in the fourth quarter. A lot of people say that, oh, they were, they were ahead in that game. So that's why Mitchell was – nah, they were not. They did not take the lead until the fourth quarter. And Mitchell went out there when they wanted to grind down the clock. If San Francisco has a lead, that 87.3 rushing grade against the Cardinals is going to mean muy bueno points. A 10-point fantasy day out of Mitchell in this injury-riddled bi-week nightmare is about as good as you can ask for out of a backup. He went 18 carries for 87 yards – if you give that to Elijah Mitchell against the Cardinals, along with his two to three goal line touches that he saw last week, 10 to 16 fantasy points for Elijah Mitchell will win you a week. So that man is feeling confident. He's looking to build off of it, and he's looking to keep Christian McCaffrey on the bench as the highest priced running back by committee ever. Uh, takes the field in San Francisco. There you have it. There's the Buddy Smugglers, Corton Sutton, Russell Wilson, Elijah Mitchell. And don't hear what I'm not saying. Look, I, mm, I'm i out there fighting against the people that were talking shit when I said that San Francisco is not the best landing spot for Christian McCaffrey. All right? I'm fighting those takes. And then guess what happened? The bye week happened. When everyone said it was going to be a 90%, nope, it wasn't. All right? There's variance. <laughs> Accept it. I'm fighting it all off. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into a little bit of a trade discussion. We're going to combine Punish Atali and the Hard Yaka this week. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Here's a clip from a couple episodes ago. Hope you enjoy. What would you sell Brady for today on a mediocre team? I think a single second. Yeah, I think you're happy. If someone offers you two-thirds, are you yeeting Brady off your team? Yes. It depends <sighs> on my team. If I'm... I'm saying starting, I'm mediocre to bad, like mediocre. To, you're not selling I mean, Brady if you're. I don't think I would. Yeah, I'm not going thirds. to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think I'd sell for two thirds today. But it depends on reading your league. Like, I don't know. I, I guess to me, it's 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 a gamble, right? It's a matter of like, what do I think I can get in your league, and then what what do I have to take? Um, a trade deadline, right? So it's like, do I think that I would I would want to push for a two? I'd want to maybe do Brady and a three for a two or something like that. Um, 
if, if you're asking me this question the day of your trade deadline, obviously you take two thirds. Yeah, Brady's tough, man. Brady, Rogers, uh, Stafford, all guys impossible to really get a gauge on their value on. And that's one thing we're going to talk about today. Obviously, trade deadlines, some have happened already. Some are coming up. Some leagues don't have trade deadlines, and I think you're all psychopaths uh, for that. Um, even though the Full Tilt Dynasty Invitational has no trade deadlines. So I don't know how that ended up happening with how I feel about no trade deadline leagues, but there you go. It happened. That was one of the first things that we ever talked about on the midweek uh, mid tilt pod yeah. uh, was uh, your disdain for uh, for a lack of a trade deadline and how I feel, and correctly so, that there should never be a trade deadline in any oh. Dynasty League cap. ever. Cap. That's full cap. <sighs> That's, that's like, I don't cool. understand. I don't understand how you can just like, oh, yeah, no, no need. Like, it creates so many... If- if people if if your excuse or if your argument is oh but then people are going to collude people are going to cheat then you have bad owners in your league absolutely (laughs) but my 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 biggest problem my biggest problem with not having a trade deadline is that i feel like it actually hurts more people in the middle than it helps because when do you when do you make that push like when do you like i feel like for people who are maybe Maybe I say this because of people like me. I am in 50 dynasty leagues. So for me, I like to know where I have a contender, a rebuild, a teardown, a I'm not going to look at this for two years because it's a process. Like teams in those different categories, I like having a time cut off. Like, okay, I by this week, I can eat all, and then I can focus on all of this. So for me, being a middling team, if you're a set, if you're a team that's already bad, like already looking forward to next year, then the no trade deadline doesn't hurt you at all. It might help you if like a Paris Campbell, you know, you manage to trade a Paris Campbell for a third in like week 16 because somebody needs it, right? In that aspect, I get it. But what's the real advantage? You can hose somebody completely for a middling Aaron Jones for like a first plus. Like I just, I don't. It, I actually see it the, the other way around because usually what ends up happening in at least in the leagues that I'm in that don't have a trade deadline is somebody gets hurt because injuries don't stop just because we're in the fantasy playoffs. And so, you know, like look at what like think think how strong the Cooper Cup teams have been and now he's gone. And if you had a trade deadline that was like, no, I mean, this is a little early for a trade deadline for the Dynasty. Say, you've got like four weeks until yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm but i mean but it's not like it's going to be the last injury or the last issue or anything like that so sure. if you're feeling really good about your team and then you have like one or two major injuries then all of a sudden you're, you know you're, you're like well shit what do i do now and you go trade but the thing is when when the when the rebuilding teams are like all right i have tom brady or i have you know this insert wide receiver you know a here and they go, okay, well, now you're going to pay a tax. Like, the the competing teams are the ones that get screwed, but they do it, yeah. and they're fine with it because they're like, I'm going to go win this ship. And so they don't care that they're getting screwed. They go all in. They overpay for these players. It actually helps the rebuilding teams more than if you had a, a, a Week 12 trade deadline and the rebuilding teams are like, all right, well, I guess... I, actually, I mean, Jacob just said it in that little clip. Well, I guess you got to take uh, two-thirds because... Your trade deadline. Well, like, no, I don't want to take two thirds for Tom Brady. I, I want the second. But if, okay, but here's the problem. All right. 
if someone's not paying you a second for Tom Brady in like week 14, the chances that he's going to pay you a second in week 16 is almost zero. And if at some point, if you're this contending team, if, if Cooper cup is the reason you won't win a championship, you weren't a favorite. Like you weren't a contender. <laughs> I don't know. Have you not. ever had, have you seen what Cooper cup was doing this year? Yeah, He's on many of my <laughs> rosters that I'm thankful are built well enough that I can either move him for replacement plus or whatever if you really want to win it. I think if one player ends your season, then I don't think you were that big of a contender. I think that there are, there are, you know, um, exceptions to the rule, like the crazy Austin Eckler year, the Lamar Jackson year, the the Christian McCaffrey year, which is the same year, but whatever. I think that there are last year's Cooper Cup. There could be some exceptions, but for the most part, if one player is doing it, I don't think you're a real contender. And yeah, I tend to agree with you that. Been, like, I can't. I don't know how else to phrase this other than, I think having a trade deadline forces you to be a more complete manager. I just can't. And that might that might be true. I mean, that's my final. It forces you to be to have more conviction. You have to have conviction. Am I rebuilding or am I all in? Like that kind of thing. I get it. It's like just, that. you know, it, it's just that it's it's not what, you know, you should do because um, you should not have a trade deadline. And, oh, <laughs> and, bringing, it, and, and bringing it back to, to Brady, I actually traded Brady uh, in a league today um, and I got a 23 first back. Uh, oh now I, I also oh, traded away a oh. lot of other stuff too. But. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, oh. No, in a in a two tight end league, so you have to start two tight ends. Oh, that's uh, a first it, playing in a two and, tight end league. I, well, yeah, trust me. I, I it was it was a mistake. Too. I took over an orphan, and it, it was a mistake. But uh, in a two tight end league with tight end premium, I traded away uh, Tom Brady. Gabe Davis and Mike Williams, and I got a 23 first and Trey McBride back. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with it because none of those players, like especially Brady, I mean, Brady's dead, but like, you know, Williams can't stay on the field and he doesn't really do anything. He's so inconsistent. And obviously we know Gabe Davis is like the epitome of inconsistent. I'm like, please just let me get new players with the 23 first and I love Trey McBride. I know it hasn't all like worked out great, but in a two tight end, tight end premium league, like tight ends are like gold if they actually you know, can do anything. And McBride's a stud. Sir, Mike Williams is averaging fourteen point nine points per game. So like the, he doesn't do anything. Is it that's 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 kind of a stretch. I said he's. He, I said he's very inconsistent. <laughs> he's very inconsistent. My favorite yeah. part about the whole Gabe Davis discourse is that Mike Williams did it already. Like we're just repeating the process with Mike Williams, and I think that that's kind of funny. Although I think Mike Williams is better. Um, yeah. So hey, that that brings us into a great point with with trades, and I I really I I can't wait for this. So this is how this is gonna work. Usually when we do the hard yaka, especially when we do the hard yaka, or we do punish Atali, we sit here and we each have like, well, there are these players and there's that player and there's that. We're not fucking doing that today. This is going to be a completely different type of episode. We are going to essentially end up just roundtabling this thing. So I'm going to kick this whole thing off with something that I, it's kind of midweek tilt style. So because John's here, we're going to do this kind of midweek tilt style. None of us know what we're going to talk about. So every reaction you get, every everything, it's 100% coming to you from, from right here, front of the mind. All right. 
this has been bothering me a lot for a couple of years. Oh no. The the quarterback value fallacy drives me fucking crazy. Uh, the idea that you must spend high, high, high on a certain couple of quarterbacks because they quote are locked in dynasty values is fucking mind blowing to me. And there's been no other year like that. I feel like than this year quarterback play this year is so up and down. It's crazy. It has me. Okay. This guy I've turned on Lamar Jackson a little bit. And I say that in a very specific way. Cause I see John's head perk up as soon as I said that. And I just want to point this out. We've been taught. I've been talking about this in the full tilt discord. I mentioned on the show, I got absolutely roasted by Billy and Jacob, but since Lamar Jackson's back to back 40 point weeks, uh, he has been a middling back end QB one to QB two. And I have said before until something changes that this is going to happen. I want to go back and look at a trade that I made with one Jacob Sanderson, uh, whose name was changed from at, FF underscore RTDB, uh, a trade that I made on a very much so contending team that got a little bit roasted, but this is it just goes to show you what, what happens with the perception of quarterback value. On a contending team that was undefeated until last week, I traded Alvin Kamara, Lamar Jackson, and a 24 second. I received Kirk Cousins, Traylon Burks, a 23 1, and a 24 1. And when that trade was done, I got dragged. Absolutely cannot believe you traded them. And then, of course, Alvin Kamara goes off. That one 40-point game he had just absolutely tears it up. And now I'm looking like a sad boy. But even some of these rushing quarterbacks at times have replacement value as well. And I was saying, you know, you can go and you can trade Lamar Jackson for Justin Fields plus before Justin Fields took off. Now, I mean, even if you go to our, our friends over at Keep Trade Cut, Lamar Jackson still ranked higher than Justin Fields, so you might be able to still do something like that. Um, John shaking his head because he hates Lamar Jackson uh, as a person. Uh, no, you're, you're finally just coming to my level. Scary. You're realizing that he was overrated. No, no, no. Here's the thing. He's not. What Lamar he, Jackson, he extremely what, is. What Lamar Jackson brings to the table at any given week. He's mid as fuck. Is, he's definitely not mid. Um, what he can bring you at any given week is, is league winning. Sure. I think that his situation absolutely blows. I think I've said that I cannot state that enough with how they have Greg Roman getting is the credit. situation, him not being as good as people think he is. I, all right. First off, sir, he's throwing to Demarcus Robinson, the ghost of Deshaun what, Jackson. What about when he was throwing to Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews? <laughs> he was very fucking good putting up 40 points. No, and all right. So, so he had two weeks with you know, like what healthy, forty points, healthy players. Yeah, yeah, and and he had a a twelve percent touchdown rate. Like it was never going to continue. It was it was the definition of like unsustainable, basically. Like you, and then guess what? I the whole I'm screaming like people are like he's going to be the MVP again. Uh, is it, this is going to be an amazing season? I'm screaming regression, regression, and guess what happened? He regressed think, back to mid. He, he's still the QB five in points per game. So like it's because of those two weeks. But but like you, you said, he he's done nothing since then. Like I, you, you'd rather have Marcus Mariota in your starting position than that than Lamar never, Jackson. See that I would never say because. But I mean, I, if I, you're actually like looking at points and trying to win games you would rather have marcus mariota in your starting position right now than lamar jackson the way he's playing i don't think well 
okay, no, because I don't think Marcus Mariota at any point can outright just win you a week by existing. So there's that. I just but, mean he's scoring more points. That's all I'm saying. No, Wait, is he God. really? Yeah. Hold on. Week hold to, on. Like, on yes. a weekly basis, if, if you take away the – I mean, if, besides those two weeks. Right, uh, let's I'm take not, away his great I'm not, games. And I'm not saying take away the games. I'm saying since those – you know, since that time, you would rather have had Marcus Mariota in your starting position rather than Lamar Jackson. Right, but that's why we play Dynasty, not Redraft, though. But that's but that's what that, that's what leads me to my <laughs> that's what leads me to my point though, is that if you're sitting at a trade deadline like you are right now, no player should be off the table. I, there should I, be I no, completely agree. There I should be. Agree. Holy shit, that's two in I one know. program. Lucas, you're clipping. So you got to get these ready. I don't think any <laughs> player should be off the table. Mm-hmm. So when I say you can move a player like Lamar Jackson for semi replacement, because we don't know if it's going to turn around, that might come back and bite me in the ass. Because you go, you know, maybe he goes to I don't know. Let's say the Giants with a guy like Dabble or somewhere absolutely phenomenal where Greg Roman's not around. Because uh, I've re- that dude fucking hinders that team so much. Just oh my god! It. You ever watch the Baltimore Ravens run a crossing concept? Like they have a receiver and they're like, "This is the target for the game." And then you look, they do like the overhead shot and. F- three wide receivers and a tight end are all standing within a yard of each other. And you're like, why fucking why it just, it blows my mind. Anyway, this isn't going to be a three hour long Greg Roman shit fest. Anyway, but I think that there, I'm, I just want to list off a couple of players. All right. That I think are movable at this point that can still help you win a league while expanding. And this will help someone like John who thinks that a no trade deadline is the way to go. Cause it, it piles up your assets to, it allows you to be more flexible. You can be more water, right? You can you have liquid assets, and we like that. I think Jalen Hurts, I think Lamar Jackson, I think Kyler Murray, all yeetable. Uh, but and, I feel like Kyler Murray is, you know, like is frowned upon right now. Which I mean, yeah, he's like, an absolute, buy. which is weird. People are like, oh, Kyler Murray sucks now, and they don't want to pay up for him. But yet, like he's he's outproducing Lamar Jackson and yet the people will still be like, Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson, MVP. You know? So who so, are you, who are you moving these people for? Because that, you're, you're bringing up these names and like, whenever we're talking about, we can't ignore the fact that they can win you weeks. I understand that you can find that baseline value at other quarterbacks. Like Kirk cousins is gross to talk about, but like he's having a decent year. He has a very solid baseline. He's not making your team lose, but he's also not giving you those weeks to where he he makes up for deficiencies on other parts of your roster. Sure. And so that that's just something that kind of concerns me. It's whenever I think about my teams that have usually won it all, it's because there's that one player, no matter position, who can go out and win you those weeks. And I think that if as long as you're getting those players uh, to fill in for that sort of baseline, just whatever the position may be, quarterback is really tough this year. But as long as you have those players then that's what helps you out the most like if i'm on a contending team i want lamar jackson sure if i truly feel like that's okay i that's a good one let's talk about lamar jackson here's one for you lamar jackson trevor lawrence a first and i don't know insert gabe davis who would you rather have right now lamar jackson see i disagree so you're saying lamar jackson versus trevor lawrence a first and a player yes you so think you this, can get all that? Dude, you yes. Lamar Jackson's a 3x1 player. Like he has been forever. Maybe maybe after week 3. 
No, I mean, and I just dynasty values change so quickly, man. I I just don't know. Market, like I I, I agree with you market, after week three, but now the, mar- I, the market, and that's what I said. But the market still shows that Lamar Jackson is still rated as a top five dynasty quarterback. For whatever your personal preference, at this point, I'm eating personal preference out the window. Okay, I at that point, I don't care about that. What I care about is net market value. That's what matters. And whether you want to go to DLF, whatever you want to go to keep trade cut, whatever you use, whatever discord you use, if you want to use fantasy points, shout out fantasy points, media group, powering this program, you want to, which you should be going to fantasy points. If you want to use dynasty nerds, if you want to use the foot, whatever market you want to use, Lamar Jackson is there. He's in that top five. He just is one thing. Billy uh, at um, big Billy FF co-host of the Full Tilt um, Dynasty podcast mentioned, all it takes is one season to have that player's value burned in people's memories. And maybe that's happened with Lamar Jackson, even though he was on pace. He was still on pace last year before Hollywood Brown went out and then he got hurt. I think he was the QB5 on the year or some shit. He can do it. But the situation does have to be perfect. Awesome. Look what happened with Tua this year. What happened with Tua this year? Tua's value was down in the dumps. And now he's skyrocketed in, in overall value this year. And Jacob is someone that's kind of instilled this confidence in guys like um, Trevor Lawrence for that. So yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence provides you with a decent enough return and we're still playing dynasty we're not playing redraft. Your goal is yes to win a championship, but your goal is not to win one. Your goal is to be right there every year and move minor pieces to get you over the hump to potentially win it all. I don't think there's such thing as selling out to win a championship. So if you're talking about like a Kyler Murray, a Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned, a Jalen Hurts in these leagues, yeah, absolutely. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Tua, Kirk Cousins with multiple first-round picks on top. Oh my God, I'm just, I'm just I'm just eating it up. And as I mentioned at the top of this whole thing, I proved it by going and doing it four weeks ago. Right. I, that's the only thing is I, I just wonder if if the timing's not right right now uh, because so like you could take advantage of it earlier in the season because Justin Fields hadn't broken out yet. I traded away. Well, yeah, I traded. It's untouchable at this point. Like you're not getting I, Fields right now. I traded Zach Wilson. When uh, during the off season, when he was the milf hunter and and everyone was like falling in love with them, I traded Zach Wilson for Tua and uh, Jacoby Myers, and then the same guy came back to me once Wilson got hurt and was like, "Hey, I want to get Tua back," and so I traded him Tua for Justin Fields and Marquise Brown. And now he literally came back to me this past week and said, Hey, can I get Justin Fields from you? And I was like, first of all, dude, I'm, I'm right next to you in the standings. Like we're both in the playoffs. So why do you think I'm going to give you Justin Fields? But more importantly, like it, you, you can't afford Justin Fields right now. That's the kind of thing. Well, and, and, and not to say that I wouldn't sell him because I would. And I, I told him I, I'm always hundred percent honest. Like I just say, 
he's going to be very expensive. I have no issues trading Justin Fields right now, but he's going to be very expensive because A, it's not just the last two weeks with all the rushing. I have loved Justin Fields since he was a senior in in college when I really truly started like diving into Debbie values and that kind of stuff. I... I had Justin Fields as my, <laughs> I had Justin Fields as my QB one in the class, and I still do. So you know, like I, it, it's not even. I there was a reason why I traded for Justin Fields, even though you know I thought Tua was gonna to be good, but that was earlier in the season. You know, before all these breakouts, I, I feel like it's a lot more difficult to trade a Lamar and get a that kind of return. You're not gonna get Trevor Lawrence a first and Gabe Davis like that. Just I seems. I, I mean, if you can, like, if listeners, send us send us a screenshot. Like, show us that you can. I don't think you can do that right now. Yeah, I will, I will say this. If I'm on a contending team, like, if I feel like I have a real shot at the championship, that- that's the kind of deal I'm looking for if I want that advantage at the quarterback position. I mm-hmm. want to go out there, get the guys who can win a week, and if I'm giving up a quarterback who he would be replacing plus a first, which, if I'm competing, shouldn't be that early, you're missing – like if I had a chance to get Bijan Robinson with that one, I'm not moving it, but moving a later first plus Gabe Davis, who if you're on a contending team, you should be able to replace with somebody on your roster. That's the kind of deals I'm going after. So if you could take advantage of me in that deal, if if that's what you were wanting, if you had Lamar Jackson, that's the kind of deal I'd be looking at trying to go get him. It's not like at that point, John, if you really think that Lamar Jackson's value is so low that you wouldn't be able to get, a lower ranked quarterback at market value, a one and a player that should mean he's a screaming buy at this point, because if it, cause that's what you're getting on a market value quarterback at top five, like for sure. We have a question here from Ray gamer. Shout out to Ray over there on the YouTubes start to in standard. I'm already lost. John, this is going to be more of a you question. Uh, I play nothing but PPR Patterson versus the Bears, Tony versus the Chargers, Boyd versus Steelers, Adebo versus the Cardinals need big help. Juju and Hardman are out. Starting quarterback for the Steelers out. Will Patterson gets more involved versus Bears. Or Will Patterson. Oh, my God. Will Patterson. Not his name isn't Will Patterson. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, as of now, I have Tony and Boyd in. Uh, all these guys uh, could could do good. Uh, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't I, leave this to John because I don't play standard. I have no idea. I think it's just touchdowns. I, I don't that's... either, but like I, I can I automatically throw away Patterson, especially in a standard league. Um, and then you know, like I, I do not like I do not like Kadarius Tony, but with everything, with the context of the situation, I feel like I probably would go with uh, Tony and Boyd there. Um, obviously, in the matchup with Chase still being out, uh, you know, Boyd is probably going to have a decent game. And we talked about it, whether we were recording or not, but like. Debo scares the shit out of me right now, man. It's just yeah, like I get I get that it's it you know like a decent matchup and everything, but man, he scares me right now. I think with standard it comes down to the touchdown. So here's here's what I'll yeah. say to you, Ray. When I do the start and sit show with Chase Vernon at Fantasy Intervention, um, every Sunday I always say the same thing. It depends on your risk tolerance. If you're looking at your week and you can be like, I can take a zero, then you can you can play the 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 bigger game potential which i think is tony and boyd or sorry is tony and debo but if you don't want to completely phone it in then you can play a guy like boyd but i would play one of either tony or debo my two picks would be tony and boyd and i would leave debo out but i would leave one of those mega explosive players in that lineup and just roll with tyler boyd in there no matter what and i would just yeet patterson 
But it comes yeah, down to seen, your risk tolerance. We've seen Boyd have a multi-touchdown game already this season. Absolutely. You know, like, it, you know it, he definitely has the upside there. I can't picture Debo having a multi-touchdown game anymore with CMC there. Like, it, it, I really feel like it would take an injury at this point because it's going to be Elijah Mitchell, CMC, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Like, one of those players is going oh, to Kittle's take away... Oh, I know Kittle's dead, but he can still score a touchdown every once in a while. Like yeah. I, I've always been out on Kittle. Like that, he, I, I literally have a hashtag that I created that says "Never Kittle." But like I, I but I mean, I just don't see a multi-touchdown game. And like you said, when in a standard league, you're looking for multi-touchdowns. So. Yeah, I think you're looking for the. Or big you're looking play. for touchdowns. I mean, you're looking for the big play, and Debo can definitely give you that—a broken tackler too. But uh, I'm I'm not 100% for sure right now, but I'm pretty sure Debo is about to get shadowed by um, Byron Murphy by the Cardinals yeah. if he plays. And that's why I would go with Tony because it's still a Patrick Mahomes offense, right? And Tony's just good, man. Like for all the shit he took in the process and the Giants tr- like trading back and then getting Tony and all the shit and then all the, the young Joker and the – bitter old men complaining that he has a, a life outside of football and then getting traded and his hamstrings magically healing, whatever you want to use. The guy's just sick at football. Like he's just fucking good. Uh, so I would definitely play Tony and I would play Tyler Boyd. Lucas, anything different? I mean, I think you well kind of nailed it right on the right. head. Uh, yeah. I just, I would love to see the 49ers run like some sort of hurry up offense because they have so many good players. I just want to see them get as many opportunities as possible. And they're all just cannibalizing each other. And it makes me sad. Oh, yeah. It's big. That's sad. okay. Big, big sad panda over there a little bit in uh, 49ers land. But no, no, no. Don't worry. It was, it's going to be 40 point games for McCaffrey every week. <laughs> get out of here with that. Most expensive, our running back by committee ever. Um, I'm just. I'm really glad I got to fight back with that one. I quote tweeted someone for the first time in like my life as like a fire back on a take that I got dragged for. And it felt really good. Figured I'd get that out of the way before Twitter dies. Oh my God. I'm still so depressed about that. Let's talk about the next stage in, in this trade discussion where I really feel like it's going. Um, I don't think there's such thing as going in to like lock in a championship. I think that that is a myth in situations where there's a trade deadline because we're normal people. We're not psychos, John. We don't have panhandle Florida behavior over here. So we play whoa, with trade whoa, whoa. I am not in the panhandle. Let's not disparage. <laughs> <laughs> John's very much in non-panhandle Florida. Um, I'm I'm not. I I'm in I'm in Beach, Florida. <laughs> oh, Florida. you're in Yeah, I'm only in Beach, Florida, whatever. Of course. <laughs> uh, as I have a blizzard coming down for two days over here where I'm at. That's real great. Uh, I know. It was, it was almost 50 today. It was, oh, it was getting go cold. Fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait. I'm just going to send you a plane ticket one day to come out here in like February and watch you take like two steps and be like, fuck this shit. I'm out and just head right back home. There's no way you're staying for that. But I'm going to invite you for the holidays one year and you're coming. I'm going to get TV. It. It'll be a great time. Uh, I don't think, oh my God, Lucas, can you take care of that? I got that. Um, I don't think there's such thing as going all in for a championship. Um, look, I say this because last year I traded for Derrick Henry. Now, John, I know you are the Derrick Henry guy. 
It's always and I trip. cursed him. I cursed him last year. I traded for him for the first time in my oh, life. So you're the reason why I. Uh, I am the why, reason why all my leagues ended up right. sucking. <laughs> and if you traded two firsts for Derrick Henry last year because that was the last piece you needed, it crushed you. It crushed you in the sense that you didn't have liquid assets. It crushed you in the sense that Derrick Henry's value absolutely plummeted even further than when it did, which made him a buy low, which I actually kind of like. Uh, I acqu- I managed to acquire some Derrick Henry for like one single. His first, value great. just completely bottomed out this this offseason. It was so easy to get him. I, I did quite a few startups this year, and I was getting him in like the seventh round of these like startups, you know, in dynasty startups. And I'm like, guys, it's still Derrick Henry. Like I get he's, he's climbed, old. He's climbed 13 spots uh, in the keep trade cut standings right now to be RB12, which I think is too high for him. Even at this point, even with how good he is, I don't want to roster a running back like that if I can help it. But if you bought him low, I think that he's a great piece. But I just wanted to mention that I don't think there's such thing as like a locked in guaranteed. Um, well, of course, not. you still have to have you still have to have some luck. And, uh, you know, like there was a guy I, I got into a big argument with uh, in one of my startups and he just went completely top heavy. You know, Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, Love it. Uh, you know, like a couple other like stud players. I forget, like CMC, I think it was. And but he had no depth whatsoever. Like literally you start 12 uh, spots, like st- starting positions in that league. And he was starting Isaiah McKenzie and, and Nick Westbrook, Akine and, and stuff like that in his flex spots. And I'm like, dude, you, you know, you're not going to do anything this year. You know, it, it, your, your team's going to suck. And he's like, look at these players. I have CMC and whatever, you know, and we're going back and forth making these art. And I'm sitting there like, I played this game too long and I, I know, I'm sorry, but injuries are going to happen. Bye weeks are going to happen, and your team is going to suck. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> His team has been amazing. He has not lost a single player. Like everyone's healthy, everything's great, and he is in first place. And so, like, it just shows you. It goes to show, like, there. You know, you can have the best team on paper mm-hmm. and and think that you're going all in, and then you get like two or three major injuries, and you're like, well, wait, my team sucks. Yep. Or you know, you can be this guy and be the luckiest motherfucker in the history of the world and you can just dominate well now of course i think he did no he didn't have cup never mind he he had josh allen and and jay jeff so like he's still fine he's still the luckiest person ever (laughs) what up nicholas we got nicholas harley coming in from youtube hope you're hitting that subscribe button over at the full tail pod network hope you're having a good friday night man and i i think that's just i think that's what it is uh we're doing well thank you Uh, we're we're doing real well having a good little chat here if you would i i just think uh, so the full tilt legal record, uh, I was absolutely crushed in the finals by Billy because I thought I had this thing locked in. It was whatever. And it was one lineup decision. Uh, I sat, um, Derek Carr who pulled his taint in, in week 15 and I played Stafford and then Stafford twisted his ankle and I lost by, and I kid you not exactly what cars output was that week. I lost by just like under that. I would have won that week and that was the championship. So you can have all the good players you want, but you still have to make a, a lineup decision and player decisions. Great. night. I just tried Amon Ra for Damian Pierce. Uh, it hurt, but I was stacked. I'm assuming this done. is redraft. I'm so sorry if you did that. If, 
Nicholas, if it's redraft, then I'm, I would like I you. Guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> I would like you to stay subscribed, but I I don't like that deal. I think in redraft, like it's fine. I think you're going for a safer move there because Amon Ra, he's whatever he's at his best. He's a freaking top six wide receiver in terms of fantasy this season, but he's had so many games where unfortunately he just he hasn't been him. He's I think that he's had three or four in the last five weeks where he has scored under 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues. That that really hurts. Uh, and Damian Pierce, he, he does have a tougher schedule coming up. RB he's not 18, getting... RB 13, RB 20, mm-hmm. RB 18 over mm-hmm. his last four. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like I'm saying, yeah, uh, full redraft, no keeper. Okay. You scared me, Nicholas. You got to be quick. All right. So, you got to be quick on the typing because you almost gave – I'm. Losing at heart palpitations over here. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I mean, like I'm Double fine with that, especially like if you Henry need RB help, mm, like, that, like that, that's a fine deal. I would have loved to have seen you try to get just a little bit more than uh, Damian Pierce. Look for somebody who has a well, more says- capable schedule, but that that's, that's fine. Like you, you can survive with that. Yeah, I, but in, in redraft, you know, I mean, not to say that you mm-hmm. don't want to get like enough back or whatever, but like yeah. it, it's not going to kill him or anything like that. No, and, correct. And if he and if he's studly and you know Leonard Fournette is not healthy, he's on a buy, mm-hmm. um, and he's possibly being replaced by Rashad White. Oh so. no, he's not. <laughs> oh, I mean, Rashad God. White is literally the starter. And, uh, so have that same energy, the same. Oh my God, the same love people had for that Rashad White performance. I better fucking see it for Isaiah Pacheco because Pacheco did the same thing. Pacheco is not good. Pacheco is not good. And he's not, he's not a receiving back. Shush. Shush. Oh, Rashad White was such a receiving back. They had 22 touches with no targets in that game. No targets. (laughs) Leonard Fournette is the third most receptions in the NFL at running back. He's not losing. I I love Leonard Fournette. I'm, but I also love Rashad White. I'm just saying there is a chance and he's not healthy and he's on a buy. So I I like the trade now. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that the Leonard Fournette Rashad White situation, if you were that excited about Rashad White's performance and you, then you should be excited about Pacheco's 16 carries for 80 some yards in the chiefs offense, because they both have receiving chops in college. They do. They both do. They both can do it. One team refuses to let their running back catches the ball if he runs the ball, which like drives me nuts. But another team has a running back that Brady just loves to dump it down to. So I don't think Rashad White's taking the important work away from LaFournette, which will be the goal line, the two-minute drill, that PPR spam. Right. That's what's going to matter. The difference is Rashad White's actually a good running back, whereas Isaiah Pacheco is, is, uh, how do you say, not. I mean, you say that, but we'll see. He's literally Rojo. Like, he's a younger version of Rojo. That's that's all Pacheco is. Yeah, but he actually, he does have receipt. Like, if if Jared McKinnon got hurt, Isaiah Pacheco's catching the football, not Clyde. No, I don't hear that for a second. Oh, 100. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hopefully that doesn't happen because I'm playing. I'm I'm embarrassed to say how much Jarek McKinnon I play every week. Um, but I actually like McKinnon as a play this week. 
I think I'm gonna play in every week because he's just gonna catch the football. They're just that's all I give a shit about. Back to the question we're trying to answer here. Can you go yeah. all in for a championship? I think that you can make calculated moves to help your chances, but you sure. don't need to be going after the short-term assets. You okay, still need to be go. going after the assets that you would want even going into next year and to actually spend up to get those things. Like don't go out and like I Derrick Henry at times he's the best running back in the NFL. Right. He has more risk. We don't know whenever he's going to actually, you know, tank. But if you're going to go that route, then go get someone like Aaron Jones, who doesn't cost near as much or okay. actually go spend up and get one of these nice, young, elite running backs to go in and try to fill. Because if you're going if you're willing to spend, actually freaking go all the way in. Don't don't try to get a cheap version or cheap okay, production for a couple. That's weeks. that's hard to say. That's hard to say though, right? So you look at a, a running back like mm-hmm. Nicholas Chubb. We love mm-hmm. Nicholas Chubb. Nicholas Chubb, yes. phenomenal player, great player. In 2020, if you were like, all I need is Nicholas Chubb, that's it, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Well, in weeks 15 and 16, he was the RB 21. Uh, well, in 14, he was the uh, RB seven, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then he was the RB 21 in the first mm-hmm. week of the playoffs. Which <laughs> there's no guarantee that these elite players are going to show out at that point. There's, there's absolutely no guarantee for it. So I think that I am more willing to acquire smaller pieces to try to make that push than give up any elite piece. And I think, I think that I'll stick with that no matter what. I would, rather, I would rather go and spend a second on Jeff Wilson Jr. this year than I would rather go spend a first and a second to go get Nick Chubb. Yeah, and, and I'm, I agree with you. That, but I think you can go get you can go get a player like a Garrett Wilson who, you know, is kind of like people are really starting to fall in love with them, but maybe not everyone's fully on board yet, but he has a really good matchup or really good matchups in the playoffs. So you're buying an extremely young, very talented player who could help you this year, but is also going to help you for years to come. So you're not hurting your team rather than going and paying like a first for uh, a Fournette or, you know, a Nick Chubb or, or whatever, like go, go trade. You can still trade your first, do that, but like trade it for a young viable player. That's still going to help you this year. And, 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 and Garrett Wilson is just like say. one, just one example, but like there's plenty of players that you can go get right now that will help you this year, but will also help you in future, future years. It's one of those things where I would, even on a contending team, I'm just the type of person that I'm just trying to maximize my long-term value output as much as I can. Cause I can't, I don't have team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that all my teams we're locked in for the future. Like we're fucking <laughs> we're. I'm not going to tell you that. Cause I've got bad ones out there. It, it happens. It exists. Trust me. I'm in a league with you. I, I know. I, I, I see <laughs> you in 11th place. So that shit on purpose. All right. That's the difference. I it's am, true. He, he drafted. I, I want to say like the best running back he drafted was like probably Pacheco or something like that. No, I think, uh, what was that? Is that, that's dead presidents, right? Yeah. Yeah. The best running back I drafted was, uh, JD McKissick. Yeah, Stug. so we're 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 punting. All right, I got. I got easy. Multiple, we'll get to your question. I got I got multiple firsts. All right, let's just take it easy there, QB boy. How well is moving those quarterbacks for value working for you? I haven't I haven't moved them at all, but I I can guarantee I've played every single one of them. <laughs> all right, after we answer this question, I have a question Tony, for you, Tony too. Curtis Samuel or DJ it's DJ Moore. DJ Moore easily. I'm as, I'm assuming this is a PPR question, and that means it's not DJ Moore. It's uh, easily DJ me. Moore. I'd rather play Kadarius Tony. 
because both of them, both of them can put up four points. All right. One of them is more likely to score a touchdown, and his name's Kadarius Tony. Baker Mayfield has been the worst possible thing imaginable for DJ Moore. Worse than what Sam Darnold was. That's not even disputable. That's fucking fact. Fact. I disagree with that. Okay. Everything. I'll pull it up. Everything changed after they got rid of Matt Rule, and yet. Unfortunately, Baker got hurt, and so he hasn't been able to play, except for the half that he played where he was a thousand times better than P.J. Walker. For D.J. Moore, though? No, absolutely not. Better for Terrace Marshall, not the guy that he needed. Who who were they playing, though? Because I'm pretty sure that they were playing against a pretty good defense, and D.J. Moore was being bracketed there. So I'm just saying, I yeah, it's D.J. 21, 26, 28. Yeet. I he, miss I miss him going up he, against the Falcons. Yeah, with PJ uh, Walker. But then he went up against the Falcons last weekend. Here's, he he wrecked here, me. I'm sad. Here's, here's I'm PJ Walker wrecked you. Clamped. I'll 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 say this, and for every start and sit question that I answer, and hopefully hit the notification bell, all that mm-hmm. stuff. We'd love to answer all your questions. We put out a ton of content. Leave a comment. We'll reply. Mm-hmm. One of us will anyway. Um, I want to always take my my risk tolerance into account for things like this. Um, I think Curtis Samuel is a very safe play. I think Curtis Samuel has been He's going up against Houston though. Yeah. And they're third care. against wide receivers and he has Heineke who loves what, but that's the thing. If they're good against outside wide receivers and Taylor Heineke loves throwing to Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel's there for the PPR format. You want safe Samuel's not a bad play. So I'll take that. I'd rather have the targets. I would rather have DJ Moore over Curtis. Can you let me finish my fucking thoughts, Lucas? Jesus, H Christ, you are so fired. Oh my God. So Curtis Samuel, I understand if you want like an absolute safety, we'll call it a triple bagger. All right. You're going to wrap it, wrap it three times. That's Curtis Samuel. You want to wrap it twice and go wild. That's DJ Moore. Because if John actually believes that Baker Mayfield is still good somehow in like some weird alternate universe, upside down realm, stranger things esque way. I think he's I think he's better than PJ Walker. I can guarantee you there. But better than PJ Walker for DJ Moore is all that matters in this situation. And I so think we saw the I mean, offense change once Rule left or I was hope fired. So. And yet we haven't really truly seen Baker in the offense since then. So I yeah, get that I it, like it, it, it all looked terrible, but the whole freaking team, the whole offense, the whole everything was terrible. And just, just real, I mean, different offenses is it going to take like that? Baker Mayfield needs whatever that rookie year shit was. That's what he needs because everything he's done since then has been doggy do. So and, I, uh, I want him to be good for DJ Moore, and so does Clamped. DJ Moore is my is my wide receiver twenty one on the week. Curtis Samuel is my wide receiver twenty nine, and Kadarius Tony is my wide receiver thirty four. Yeah, so. I think you're absolutely batshit crazy for having Tony that low. I think you're insane. I think it's just the risk tolerance, like you were saying. That's Tony exactly definitely has about. the widest range of possibilities, but yeah, it, I, to me, it's definitely situation. not curse. All three, all three of these guys can score you four points. It's just factual. Sure. All three of them can score you four sure. points. What guy can score 25? DJ Moore. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> Absolutely not. He is the, easily the best player. <laughs> that does not matter. 
That does. does not matter all the time. Being the best player doesn't mean shit. If being, if only being the best player mattered, DJ Moore would be a top five wide receiver every week because he is a phenomenal player. That does not matter. What matters is that Patrick Mahomes is throwing Kadarius Tony the ball. There are down two to three options on that team. They uh, are in the game that has the highest uh, pace of play according to Graham Barfield's pace of play metrics. The plays are going to be there. The offense is going to be there. I want the opportunity to score at least a touchdown because whoever scores a touchdown on this list wins. I want the guy that could potentially score two touchdowns. That's Kadarius Tony. You know, I know that DJ Moore scored two touchdowns like twice in his career, both against the Falcons. It's just that's that's the only time it happens. And he scores four on the season. Curtis Samuel is still just Curtis Samuel, like like Lucas said. Wentz isn't playing. Kadarius Tony is the only one out of these three that I feel like can really just powerhouse you through the week and they can all score you four points so for me if your risk tolerance is able to stomach a zero for a potential 20 play Kadarius tony where's kansas city lining tony up right now like because honestly i don't i don't know he's really fresh i haven't seen what the actual day is with where he's being not gonna up. have a choice but to line him up and it's just somewhere where they can target him they don't have a choice <laughs> yeah they really don't justin watson or Kadarius Tony. We've seen what Sky Moore does, which is ghost everyone, which makes me horrendously sad. But Kadarius, it's also hilarious. Kadarius Tony played not a lot of snaps, but was still targeted and still scored. So remember they, when people remember when people were drafting Sky Moore at like 105? <laughs> I more should have well 105 was nuts. Uh yeah, everything we were in the first was nuts. 108 was elite. John, now you're just being no, anywhere in the first was, was nuts. I can't wait for him to hit in like a year and I can lay claim to your thing being bullshit. But uh, <laughs> as I will continue to chip away at that. Uh, uh, all right, this is a trade I, pod, though. But yeah, well, I can't <laughs> wait for the offseason. Oh, I can't fucking wait. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Hopefully people still listen after this episode. Uh, but I, I would pick Tony, man. I really hey, you invited it. me. Just remember. It's true. I loved it. It's, <laughs> it's great. Uh, look, we're at we're at um, we're at an hour five, and I think that people have had enough of us yelling at each other. Uh, so shout out to everyone watching and listening. Head over to the Full Tilt uh, Podcast Network over on the YouTube's. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification button. Leave us some comments. Look, I, I like to always say the same thing, right? Which is, if you want to hear something that you're not hearing now, you let us know. If there's something that you feel like we are missing and we're not hitting, guess what? We'll we'll make that happen. We will do that. I'd like to go around the horn here, get a final thought from everyone before we sign off. I'll start with you, Lucas. Well, we just got a question in the comments. I uh, just got an offer in PPR. I receive Amon Ra and Drake and give yes. up Najee and yes. DPJ. Yes, yes. absolutely. 1,000%. I can't believe somebody's paying that much for Najee. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's, yes. Yeah. That's the Smash. easiest choice ever. Smash. I will Super say this. Serious. I bought my first Najee Harris share ever, and I traded DJ Moore to do it. So, oh, that's disgusting. I have a 53% roster ship of DJ Moore across 50 dynasty leagues. <laughs> that's all right? it. I need to get rid of them. All right. And I had like a 0.03 or whatever. They had. I had one other share of Najee. So I'm just saying, sometimes there's a time and a place to acquire Najee Harris. Uh, but Jacob, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely take Amon Ra and Kenyon Drake. Phenomenal. Although I think Donovan People Jones is good. Uh, I want to see what happens when Deshaun gets back with Cooper, although I still think Cooper sucks. So. Um. So Final yeah. Thoughts. Also, also, Jacob, hit the note, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button, 
do get all into that. our discord also there was a question in the discord while we were live uh what's oh. a better offer for digs on a rebuilding team a 2023 None. first and None. 24 second devonta smith and 24 first or neither none. And so that's coming from hey david no if you're if you're rebuilding none definitely yeah. not the dvs one i mean i could maybe get behind the the just the picks but not the dvs one but i'd probably Most likely lean either. A top three no mm-hmm. no oh no no no, yeah. no definitely not top three no just no absolutely not you don't want to buy depreciating assets if you're rebuilding that's something we didn't even touch on. See, I read that. I read that as he was selling digs. That's that's how I read it. So I was like, oh, if you can get a top three 2023 first and a second next year, and you're selling digs, then that's something I'd be looking at. Well, if like, he's yeah. selling digs, then yeah. give me that. Give me the DVS trade. Give me that top three oh. one. Never mind, not the 24. See, I, I no, no, like, give me that 20. Give me that 23 one at a top two or three. You know why? Because if you take one of the, it, so if Bijan goes. If Bijan goes at one one and you're mm-hmm. sitting there, oh no, I get Bryce Young or Stroud or Addison or Jameer all those Gibbs. guys. All exactly, all those guys are going to have more value than Devonta Smith will next year. Period. Devonta Smith will never be a top twelve wide receiver in the NFL in, in dynasty football. They, he won't. He just won't. There's, I don't see a scenario where Devonta Smith has that. He's locked, in, that. He's, lo- he's locked in with the Eagles. He would need a trade. He would need something. He need AJ Brown to retire. He would need to not have a team that runs the ball like they do, even when they shouldn't. He just, like you got to realize a top twelve dynasty asset is a lot. Like at, at one, he has the talent to do it. So Agreed. like it's not it's not insane. It would just it, something would have to change, I'm but it's not insane to think that it can happen. Right, but I'm, I'm I don't want to base it on like. Oh, yeah, I don't see the trades. So, I mean, if it's a if it's a top twenty three first or top three twenty three yeah, first, and what'd you say, and a twenty three second? It's a twenty four second. It's a twenty four two and a twenty three top two or three pick. I'm taking. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. on rebuilding. If he's selling that, that makes sense. If you sense. take that, you take one of those two quarterbacks. Bingo, bango, bongo. Don't buy for that. You're though. At two, <laughs> don't yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Especially it, if you're rebuilding. Simple, it's just as simple as that. You don't want to buy depreciating assets on a rebuilder unless you can absolutely score a Cooper cup who's hurt uh, right for the year or Derek Henry, who's hurt for the year. So you can retool for the next year. Then you buy hella low at replacement plus 100% of the time. In my opinion, I'm still, I'm still buying Michael Thomas shares because I can trade like Paris Campbell in a third for it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there, there's just that. All right. So if there's no more questions, everyone, we, we absolutely. I have a question for you all. Okay. All right? to, to address what I think is my biggest weakness as a dynasty manager. Uh, my biggest weakness is I love young receivers. Who doesn't love young receivers? But I love young receivers before they start to produce. You know, wanting to buy before they actually get to that point to where, you know, things are going good. And then you're having to pay multiple first for them. So I am a sucker for buying people like Elijah Moore. Sure. On these rebuilding teams, when do you actually buy these young receivers? Or do you not? Do you just go, I'm going to hold my picks. I'm going to take the shot that I have and move on. I'm going to steal one of the smartest people's takes 
I think he's one of the smartest people on the planet, and it's Jacob Sanderson. Thank you. Oh. Who said? Who said? <laughs> shut up, John. Who said the same? Death is what makes you smart. All right, your whole thing is a facade. Skynet. Runs I made. You. I, I created. Skynet Beth. runs you. Doesn't that count? And now Beth operates on her own. She does That's not true. need that you. That is that you is very true. Skynet, and now you are worthless. Admit it. <laughs> Anyway. I click the button that downloads the stats. <laughs> that counts, right? <laughs> it does. But Jacob said this. You don't pay draft capital for future wide receiver production. Period. Uh, you Fair want enough. you want If you're trading your draft capital, it's for players who are producing now. That's it. Right. Now, in this, in this regard, I would go and I would trade a guy, not for Elijah Moore, but let's say John mentioned Garrett Wilson earlier. Trade T. Higgins for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, because yeah, you, you can right get now. you can one get a plus. Maybe, maybe, but even if not, one for one, I do that. We know what team. I don't, I don't like is. one for one deals. They're just somebody's going to lose, you know. I know. So I, I just don't I, like it. Absolutely, but we know what T Higgins' ceiling is. We don't know what Garrett Wilson's ceiling is, and we know that Garrett Wilson has a draft capital, and we know that he's a, a number one, right? All, all this stuff we've seen what T Higgins is without Chase, so we yeah. know what he is now. I think the important thing to do, you know, like there's no like one answer, but if you really like young wide receiver, you know, production, like that's what you want to get. And I think it's smart. Like you're saying you're trying to get them before they blow up, you know, then I think a, you either need to have a really good solid process for finding out who the players, like who the best prospects are going to be. Or you need to listen to the Full Tilt Debbie podcast so that you can listen to people that have solid process and tell you who to draft. But like, but you know, and and, and I mean, obviously, I'm being serious. You should listen to the podcast. Yes. But I'm also, you know, like all joking aside, I think the the biggest thing is look for, you know, look for uh, you know perfect situations like Traylon Burks. You know, Traylon Burks is a talented wide receiver that I believe in. He was my wide receiver too in the class. Um, and yet he got hurt and, you know, like he, he didn't start out, but he was creeping up incrementally each week and he was getting better, getting better. And then he got hurt and then people are like, Oh, he sucks. He's terrible because he got hurt. He got turf toe. And then, you know, if you had bought then some point in the last couple of weeks, if you had bought him, you probably could have got him for a second, a couple seconds, maybe something like that. That's how you do it. So, you know, the point is don't go out and spend two first on a young wide receiver like Chris Olave. People are going to be like, oh, I want two first. You know, like, don't go do that. Either draft Chris Olave at 106 like I did or go get like a player like Traylon Burks, like those kind of players where you can go even maybe like a David Bell. You can get David Bell for nothing right now. Because he's literally done nothing. But he has Jacoby Myers throwing, or not Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Brissett throwing him the, the ball right now. Jacoby Myers and would be an upgrade. It would be an upgrade. <laughs> so, but he's not going to have Jacoby Brissett throwing him the ball in a couple of weeks. So there's, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I could easily see David Bell skyrocketing in value. You yeah. buy him for like a third or a couple thirds or whatever. And then, and, and you know, like by the end of the season, he's worth, a second, two seconds, a first, so, whatever, like that kind of thing. So Olave hasn't produced enough at this point to you all to where he's worth buying at market price right now. Well, his rather, market, yeah, his market I price has yeah. dipped. So I mean, there's an opportunity. I think he's dope. So I've mm-hmm. I've already bought Chris Olave at his one one first plus price. I think he's dope. I think he'll be a top twelve dynasty receiver. He already is now. I think he'll stay there regardless of what happens. I think he's in. I think that there's okay. So there's are you buying the rookies? Okay, that's gonna be pricey. Is that beneficial? I mean, probably not. 
I think you need to be fluid in your in your view of the market, right? Like George Pickens right now, again, shout out to Keep Trade Cut. Uh, George Pickens is wide receiver 18. I would love, I would love to trade George Pickens for Christian Kirk plus. I would love to trade Pickens for Traylon Burks, who's wide receiver uh, 32, won't be for long because that's how this whole thing works. Market changes. But right now, I would love to trade George Pickens for Traylon Burks plus. I would trade George Pickens for Traylon Burks straight up, but you shouldn't have to. I think the answer to your question truly lays within your micro market. So first, it's your market. And then your micro market, which would be your leagues. Right. So I think that's what's important. I think you can I, walk in and take your base value of what market price is, which is again, I said this earlier, whatever market you want to use, that's your market price. Whether it's yeah. your favorite analysts ranks, whether it's a couple of websites, whether it's keep trade cut, whether it's trade calculators, whether it's DTC, doesn't matter. Your market is your market. Don't let anyone tell you that it's not. But the more important market is your micro market because you can sit there and say, trust me, this happened to me. DJ Moore to you might be a top eight dynasty wide receiver, but if the rest of your league goes, fuck that, he's like wide receiver 18, you're fucked. You have to adjust. You have to adjust. Yeah, but that's when you turn around and you actually start buying him if you're not me because I already have him in every league. I can't buy him. (laughs) That's the problem. But But that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be a rookie. It could be a DJ Moore. We know he is a stud. We know he is a top 12 talent in the league. He might. He's not in a top 12 situation, but how quickly can and will that change? They've already drafted a good QB in Matt Corral. And then, you know, people are talking about them drafting another first round QB, you know, this the, next year. God, I Corral think sucks. Corral sucks. What, sucks. What, is, what is wrong with you? There's a reason why I took your spot on the full tilt Devi pod, and it's because of your, your QB sucks. analysis. You know, you know, you know what made Corral cool? How swaggy he looked in the Ole Miss jersey. That's it. Outside of that, uh, trash and, can. Ole Miss jersey is way overrated. Green. Way overrated. Oh, Sorry, I'm gonna throw Lucas, that out there. Way overrated. You don't get a say because you're biased in the whole college football oh, world. Oh, Tennessee does have some pretty swaggy jerseys. Oh, New jerseys coming out. Saturday I'm with just the saying. I'm, ju- oh I'm gosh, just saying. The NFL, the NFL looked at Corral and was like, "Yeah, he's basically Malik Willis." So we're completely off the rails. I love it. <laughs> I'm right, just so saying the actually, NFL agreed. Trying to end the show. Let's try to end the show. Sorry, I tried already. You brought us back. We're going long, baby. That's just what's going down. All right. But I think, I think, I think, I think the idea again, don't buy into how, how many times do we sit here and we say, Oh, this running back is going to be sick because he has a projected workload happened with Mike Davis. Best video I ever made was a PSA to not draft Mike Davis. The best video I ever made. I'm so proud of that, but that's every year. Tyler Algier got a bump because of where he went and his perceived workload. I think we do that with receivers too. I just think we're not as as open to admitting that's what we're doing. I just Dante Johnson, good wide receiver, very good. His peripherals, fantastic. Unfortunately, not good enough to beat what's happening, and it really sucks because I think everything about Deontay Johnson is really but, good. But, but that's why when you look the- at a player like Deontay Johnson and you see that he was living off of volume. He, he's not actually that great. His he's just living off of volume. His, 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 no, uh, his peripheral his said RP that he was, was decent. His he, but he was, was getting dope. 180 targets a, a year. That's what was you know keeping right. keeping right. that value up. And then targets the targets go away. 
and then the targets go away because the volume went away. And what do you know? He's well, terrible. His, target, his targets are still good. Just the offense is dog shit. He has no, no touchdowns. He, he used to get there. like 16 targets a game, and now he's getting okay, like eight. People also, like, again, that's what I'm talking about with perception, though, because I still think Deontay Johnson is good, and his target share is really good because targets are earned, but the peripherals of his production are, are going down. And what sucks is that when you're taking him in the fifth round, like people were doing because he was a perceived top 12 dynasty wide receiver because uh, of his perceived workload. And that doesn't happen. Now you're screwed. So I think it is instead of buying perceived production, even from wide receivers, especially for tight ends, because fuck that you should want three tight ends in fantasy football. That's it. That's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. That's it. That's all you should want. I want Greg Dulcich, but now his price is starting to reach into the top six. So he's un, he's not draftable to me and he's not trade forable to me, but Kyle Pitts because his dynasty value is just never going to take a hit because he's just beloved. Uh, and he is a really good player just in a shitty sitch because Arthur Smith is trying to ruin all of us forever. Mark Andrews because he's young and super dope and Travis Kelsey because he's going to be good until he retires period. That's it. So don't buy tight end perceived value. So the same way you look at tight ends would be the same way you look at wide receivers in that regard, in my opinion, for perceived yeah, I, value. But I asked the question because Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore in particular, I mean, there's others, but those two really got me in trouble this season. And you sure. can see it in a lot of my I drafted a too. lot of Elijah Moore last year. Yeah. I, I do believe in the talent. I, I believe now they've moved him into the slot, so maybe it's going to get better, but it does not look great. But the thing is, when when I realized that they were drafting Garrett Wilson, I was off the Elijah Moore train because Garrett Wilson's a better wide receiver. So like you have to look at stuff like that. Rash- I believe in Rashad Bateman's talent, but he went to a team without a QB. So like I can't oh I can't God. love the player anymore. You have to look at stuff like that and and actually use context. And you know context matters. So you want to talk about Marquise Brown then and how good he was and how he got better when he went to a better QB. He was he's on pace actually. Well, while he and Lamar Jackson were healthy, I hate to break it to you, but Marquise Brown was just as good with Lamar Jackson. No, he was like a top six wide receiver before he got hurt this year, and he was a top six wide receiver in Baltimore before he and Lamar Jackson both got hurt two years in a row. Yeah, I I can pull the article I wrote and read it line by fucking line. The stats are all there to prove it. Period. We, but we you, want to talk you, about you week, said Lamar week, Jackson, so week, it can't week, be true. Yeah, exactly. You biased fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're you're um, absolutely insufferable. You're an insufferable human being. But I love you for it. Um, again, I really hope people enjoyed us yep. just yelling at me and John yelling at each other. This is what brings John and I together. I'm gonna try to end the program, but right. on ending the program, I'll 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 say this: Please do not buy for presumed. Uh workload buy situation talent and monitor the market and stay active in your leagues and your trade deadline this year will be much more successful i like john too i like him i think his takes are shit but i i like john as well i think he's a good human and i can't wait to meet him in love person you andy in, in canton it's also why i brought andy I'll, on I i'll like you a in revolt. a little bit i think that there's a revolt going on in my own brand that i need to squash somehow uh I'm not just firing Lucas. I might be cleaning house after today's show. I don't know. We'll see. 
we'll no, it was happens. fun while it lasted. Thank you all for having me. Let's hope Pod taking over, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it here. Final thoughts as we go around the horn. Lucas? All right. I'll actually have a final thought this time. Uh, it's It's week 11, guys. You should know where your team's at. Actually, mm-hmm. like, really look yourself in the mirror, have an honest conversation with you and all the players on your fantasy teams. Oh my god, I can just, I can just picture someone looking themselves in the mirror. <laughs> look at you, you fuck. <laughs> all right, you fuck. Oh, you're playing okay. Darius Slayton, you piece of shit. Give up already. You're fucking season. Don't look at me like that. I know it. You're, it's over. All right, trade everyone. You're useless. <laughs> you're garbage. Okay, you're garbage. I must have left anyway. my camera on last night whenever I was looking at my <laughs> teams. Uh, but honestly, like, don't you know? Don't call your mom before you get on to these, or before you start looking at your team to get like a steam, like a self esteem boost. No, look at realistically. Either you're contending you or you're mom. not contending, and you don't want to be at the 106. All right, you do not want to finish sixth. That gets you nothing. Finishing seventh gets you nothing. Okay. Have these honest conversations, make the moves you need to make. Cause there's, you need to be on one of the two spectrums or you need to be like, okay, next year's the year. All right. Have these honest conversations though. Move forward. John, you're the guest. A final thought before we get out of here. Final thought. I've been wanting to do a podcast uh, just because I, I listen to so many podcasts. I see so many things on Twitter and I feel like we've lost common sense when it comes to dynasty. Like you look at a player catch three pass- passes for you know two touchdowns or three passes for three I touchdowns. I wonder who John's talking about, guys. <laughs> and and all of a sudden, you know, like they're they're the dynasty wide receiver twelve. So you know, just like let's chill. Let's like actually look at you know use some common sense, use our brains when it comes to players. And, you know, just because somebody's 21 doesn't mean that they have to be a top 12 player if they catch a touchdown or something like that. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of different scenarios and I wasn't just talking about one particular player. I I've seen it so many times with other players. You were talking about George Pickens earlier. Like yeah. he was literally skyrocketed into the top 12 of dynasty wide receivers because of one catch. Okay. It was a beautiful catch, but let's think about why he had to make that catch because he was so closely covered and it was a poor throw. So like, yes, he did an amazing thing, but it was because he didn't separate from the the defender. And then he had to dive and and make a beautiful one handed catch. It's great that he can make that kind of catch, but you know, let's, let's think about why. And, uh, you know, and maybe not skyrocket them into the top 12, but that was my rant. Uh, I, I might just do a full pod on it because I really uh, do think I that can't there's wait a lot to the off season, John, we're, like we're going to ramp up to like five pods a week. I have a feeling and you oh, and I are going to do it. three. I can't wait. Absolutely. Lucas is crying a little bit on the inside, but we'll get it figured out. Oh, and um, the outside too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> My final thoughts are this. If you're looking around your league, okay, and you're wondering why no trades are getting done, I'm going to steal my final thought from my pod on Tuesday, all right? Because I think it's I think it's still relevant. I think it's still very important. This is very important. If you're looking around your league and you have to text all your friends and all your group chats and all your league chats about how everyone in your league sucks because they don't know how to trade, the problem is you. The problem is not the league. The problem is you. Okay, if nobody is biting on your values or thinks you're insane or even just doesn't want to vibe with you, there's a couple of reasons. A, you're a prick, which is fine, right? But just it's take noted. At the end of the day, 
the problem is going to be you. Your values are clearly not in line with the leagues. It Why are you staring mean... at Lucas right now? Because that's where my camera is. <laughs> yeah, that's where my screen is. Fine. It's I'll, me I'll like right burning here. a hole in his shirt. I'm the problem. It's me. No. Look, look, listen here. Okay. If you're in your league and you can't get trades done, fucker, the problem is you. I'm sorry. Right? If if you think this, your league is just full of fish, look around. You're in the same school, baby. All right? Other people are getting deals done and you're not. Your, your values are off. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying that they're wrong. They could be right. But the micro market says go fuck yourself. And you need to remember that. Okay? So please, this trade deadline, take a sit back. Instead of taking all your screenshots and sending it to your friends in your group chats, do some business. I have there a really... Go. I have a really weird erection right now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> there you go. That's an intimate moment. We're going to call that an intimate fantasy football moment. Uh, and we're going to get the hell out of here. And, of course, I always want to remind everyone that there are people on the other side of the screen, even everyone that I just called a fuckface. Okay? <laughs> I know that you're a person, and, and I know that you have feelings. Okay, And I think it's important to remember that while we're arguing and yelling at each other on the Internet. And you should be constantly checking in your loved ones, even if you're not sure if they need it. I want to remind everyone that we go live Tuesday with the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. We go live Wednesday with the Full Tilt Debbie podcast. We have the college football recap. We have the weekly review by Big Billy. We have the walkabout here every Friday. We post 12 clips a week, 12 videos a week over there on the YouTubes. We're all over the place please hit that like and subscribe button and help drive us out. Leave a comment. Doesn't You don't have to tell me anything. You can tell me that my shirt sucks, uh, that, that Patrick over here is a piece of shit. doesn't matter what you say. As long as you say it, it helps drive us up the charts with all the rate and reviews. We absolutely love you for it. I want to remind everyone that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always been tilted. Good night, everyone. <laughs>